Thank you for listening to Bluebells Forever podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Lewis. Thank you so much for listening to this, and I hope you're enjoying these stories from these wonderful, wonderful people. And what I have loved is doing the Circle Back series where I get to go back and have more time with these people. I just never have enough time in the interview that you hear. And so part two, we get to go back and hear more and also just find out what they've been doing since we last did the interview. So these are on the patron for Patreons only. And the way you become a patron is a subscription each month. And there's an option of $5, which just helps the work to keep going with some of the costs that we have. $10 a month gives you two extra bonus interviews a month. And so far, what we've, I've already had on there is Liz Elliott, Hilary Sukanos, Pete Menefee, Athena Pataxel, Billy Goodson, Alexandra Yaretska, Adrian Lapeltier. And coming up in June, Leslie Bandy and Christopher Nunez. In July, coming up, we have Michelle Brown Jennings. So you have access to all of these episodes that only are for the patrons, and that is by subscribing. So I will put a link in the show notes. So if you are interested in hearing more of these stories and supporting Bluebells Forever, please feel free and enjoy this interview coming up. Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So welcome to Bluebells Forever podcast. Today is Julie Bouyer. Did I do that wrong? Oh, yes, that was my, <laughs> my online French class teaching was not getting me very far, but <laughs> I always <laughs> want to ask because like with French, it's different and I just don't want to have your name slaughtered and ruined in your introduction. So um, you were part of the current cast, which has been on hold of Paris Merveille at the Lido de Paris. And I really love balancing the interviews with the older generation, some of us in the middle and then the current, because I feel like this legacy is so long, but um, there's a lot of us, I think I say this in everyone, a lot of us older ones that are cheering you on. And I love that the younger ones, you know, know the history from before way more than we ever did. So I saw your photos because I think you were linked in someone else's. And so I reached out to you and really is a lot of it's the photos like, okay, I have to find out. You just have magic in your photos. So I'm assuming <laughs> it translates to the stage. So welcome. And, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit where you are at this moment and then where you grew up. Thank you very much, Sherry. I'm, uh, I'm very pleased to be with you here. And uh, so I'm talking uh, with you from Paris um, and I'm, uh, I'm living there, of course. And, uh, but I grew up in a village in the southeast of France near Lyon. Um, uh-huh. and uh, in a village and uh, of 2,000 people. Um, and I started uh, dance there. Uh, my mother was uh, the president of a non-profit uh, organization. Um, she still is, it's been over 40 years. Um, and it's a dance school where they have lots of things going on between hip hop, rock and roll, ballet, jazz, uh, different things. And, uh, and I've started there, little, uh, little one. And the, the teacher has been extremely generous to me and she, uh, she, uh, she saw how much I loved dancing. I just couldn't stop moving. I was everywhere and always on my toes and you know how it is, little <laughs> girls around and, you know. 
And so she um, she said to my parents, well, she uh, Julie should go to um, uh, to the conservatory, you know, in France, the, 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 the National Conservatory, which is a higher school uh, training, uh, which they do ballet and contemporary. So I had uh, 10 years of this strong training uh, focused mainly uh, on ballet, but I also have a, a contemporary training and I ended up with a gold medal um, through these nine years, actually, and I stayed an extra one. And, and on the side of this, I was training in this um, organization. Um, I was training also modern uh, jazz and rock and roll. So I've got... <laughs> It's it's very typical for Americans, but for France and especially of my generation, uh, because I'm I'm one of the oldest, you know, as you um, you know as you slowly mentioned uh, early earlier, I'm one of the oldest at the Lido, and uh, but in the well 80s 90s, doing that in France, having so much of this train, so many different training was not usual. Um, but, but this is something which I loved when I started to travel. I, I met a lot of the Americans and they were like, yeah, this is something we do in America. We sing, we act, we dance, we do this, we do that. <laughs> and this is part of our training, which I loved. I was like, wow, that's amazing. That is really interesting. Because I've talked to like from Australia a lot, like how ballet was always the priority. And in America, a lot of times, if you want to take hip hop or jazz and when you're a kid, you have to take ballet. So ballet is almost like you have to do it. Like you have to eat your vegetables to get to have a dessert. So it wasn't the same. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of kids just got through ballet so they could do the other things. But a lot of Americans are like, like it is, they're, they've got people signed up for swim lessons and soccer and ballet and kids are going a million miles an hour. But ballet just seems like unless you're very serious, very young, it kind of just gets faded out when people start to find other dance forms. So that's a, even just the mindset country to country I found is really different. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I believe that ballet is definitely the base for everything. Uh, once you, you've, you've, you've done ballet, you can do any kind of dance, but also it just, just teach you also your coordination. Uh, how to stand your verticality, you know, it, you, you get inside your body. It's something that uh, um, I don't know if every sports give this uh, uh, proprioception, this feeling of proprioception that you, you get with ballet. So, but, uh, but and I, I agree with you that uh, with time and with age, uh, it's fading and you really need to be motivated by, by the age of, yeah, being a teenager, if if you're there, it really means that you want to get further in the, the dance industry. Because it's, when you, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard, hard it's a hard one. <laughs> I see people like they're gonna audition, they're like, I gotta get back in ballet. And so they haven't danced for a long time with them in ballet, and then they think I got two weeks before an audition, so I'm gonna take a ballet class. I'm like, yeah, it's not the same as when you were <laughs> constantly training. I've got like for all kinds of things, like college auditions, like kids, like I need to learn a ballet routine. Like, have you taken ballet? No, but this, <laughs> it's like, this is not going to help you the same as if you've done it your whole life. So when you say conservatory, is that where you go live there or are you still living at home and going back and forth? 
I made the choice of not living there. Uh, I was still living in my parents. I was studying all day and I was dancing every evening about two hours uh, each, five days a week. So uh, I, I know some, some, uh, some of my, uh, some of the dancers were made the choice to go to school only half a day and dancing all the afternoon and it's different different ways and different opportunities to to train but I I, I wanted to make sure I I, I would have a, a proper school uh, training you know studies because um, at the time I don't know in my mind I was like how can you have a full studies you know like we do uh, seven eight hours a day if you only study four four or five hours a day you know in the, the longer in the long time in the long term how how does that work to make the same at the end so it was already my logic there but it didn't yeah. stop me from uh, my passion and uh, and the deal also was with my parents to uh, be good at school to keep on going dance to keep on dancing oh, so it was good. a good deal as well <laughs> well <laughs> I, 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 they didn't have to force me much you know <laughs> was, yeah i've been always a, a good student i mean serious into what i was doing always <laughs> so your mom was was she in uh, the chair or i don't want to say what you would words you would say there was she overseeing this this um school that you yeah. were going to before you went to the conservatory so yes, does she, she kind of want you to be involved in the arts or just saw that was just good for character? Um, she's a massive lover of art in general, uh, mostly dance, any kind of dance, even ballroom dance. You know, she's just loving the movement and, you know, and the songs. She's Italian, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she, again, she just didn't have to force me. I actually saw her on stage at three and a half years old. And that was for me the, the shock, the shock of my life, the, re the revelation, just like, oh, you know, I want to be there. I want to be on stage. Oh, really? <laughs> I was three and a half. And you know what? I still remember that. I still Do you know remember what it is you moment. saw? Was it a ballet? She was doing some modern jazz. She was right in the corner, you know, she was not in the front or anything, but just the whole magic and the emotion and the everything, the lighting, the, the, the just like I had like a, a massive, uh, you know, a massive mix of feelings and uh, energy that just went through me and I just couldn't stand on my chair and I was like, I need to be there and I was uh -oh. free and half. I remember my father was sitting next to me and I just couldn't stand on this chair. I just, I needed to dance. <laughs> oh my gosh. I felt everything when you said that, because it is interesting what pulls people in. Cause some kids don't even see performances, you know, and then when they see it, it's magic, but at that age to go, that's the thing. Like even yeah. not even knowing how to like process, like, what is this? I have to have it. Yeah. Wow. And that's always uh, for me, some kind of like, it's crazy that I still remember that moment. It's a, it's a, it's a turn, and and I do think that dance saves saves save my life. It's a, it's a, it's a big thing in my life, and it always will be. Even if if at some point I run away from dance after the conservatory, I stopped dancing for seven years. I was done. Really? Yeah, I was. At the end of it, I went. Um, 
I went to, I did this international uh, contest in Lausanne, uh, you might know. Yeah. I, I did that where I realized I was the tallest one because I'm, I'm 5'11 and a half tall. And I was 15 and I was just a giant with like a Japanese in front of me who had legs there <laughs> and you know, behind their ears. And, uh, and she, there was so, such an incredible level. I don't know how I ended up being there and being part of this contest, which was already amazing. And it was such a revelation, again, another revelation about myself. And I was like, I don't know where well, I realized my level worldwide, you know, because you're facing a, an international um, uh, level. And, uh, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know. I could feel as I was really tall, I couldn't feel my back. I could feel my Achilles tendon on points. I could, you know, my ankles were very flexible and not strong enough uh, for me. I could feel this, all my limits. And I was like, I don't know if I, if I want to keep on dancing. I wasn't sure about that. And, um, and I passed, I passed my gold medal the same year at the conservatory. I learned a lot from this contest and I, I, I got to the, to the conservatory uh, contest much stronger. Um, and then I, I went to Lyon for a great uh, 10 days, uh, uh, which was a mix of all of the best conservatory in France with all the best students as well with two great choreographers and it was uh, one class of, of ballet and one class of contemporary and we had a creation at the, the opera of Lyon uh, where uh, they picked one student from the ballet one student for the con from the contemporary contemporary classes and they were they created a pas de deux and I was the one from the ballet who's been picked and there was a guy from the contemporary and we had a neo-ballet classical beautiful duet. I even had a, a, a proposition from, uh, from this choreographer who was the choreographer of the Ballet du Rhin. Uh, and I just ended up like, I'm not sure I want to keep on going. Um, my body is telling me no, somehow. And I was 17 and I was like, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with that. And I moved away, completely stopped and started modeling. I had the opportunity to do the elite uh, model look contest, uh, which kind of opened the doors and I started to travel and I was just so curious about the world because I grew up in a village and I was yeah. just, I just wanted to see the world <laughs> and see all the cultures and, you know, and different things and meet different people and just really wanted to get out of the ballet, you know, kind of, uh, closed uh, perspective uh, somehow yeah. uh, I, I could feel that I was I my eyes wanted to open up much more than this so seven years later after uh, living in South Africa in Germany in Greece in, in UK in Spain wherever yeah oh, um, then I realized that I was missing creativity because modeling was fun because of I, 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 I learned all about the fashion industry, which I have to say, I'm not a, a big clothing person. 
it's not what I love, but photography is really interesting. Uh, mm. uh, Videograph, video, uh, videos, how they make the videos, uh, you know, directing all these things, which for me was really interesting. Um, but then the clothes itself not, was not really my thing itself. And I was missing expressing myself. I, I've learned a lot. I met great people. I've traveled the world, so different culture. I, I, I danced with Zulus or, you know, different things. But I just realized I was like, mm, I'm missing a way to express myself. And um, by chance, I met a, a South African dancer, soloist at the Moulin Rouge. And he's like, he saw me moving a bit and I haven't danced for seven years, six years at the time. And he's like, you know how to dance? He thought I was just a model. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, that was such a long time ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it, for one year, he tried to convince me to come to the Moulin Rouge. And I was like, mm, 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 until a point he called me, he called me up and he's like, Julie, uh, I talk to the ballet mistresses about you. You have to come. The audition is in two weeks. <laughs> I took free ballet class just to try to see how I was moving, <laughs> which was quite, <laughs> quite painful, I have to say, the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't walk much. <laughs> yeah. Did the audition. We were 18, 80 sorry, dancers. I got the contract on the table the next day. We were three. Oh the, my gosh. Was that in South Africa? Or did you fly to Paris for it? No, that was, that was in Paris. At the okay. time I was based again in Paris. And, uh, and so I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. Okay. Uh, well, first contract for six months where I was, I used to be so, so free, like, you know, like a bird flying here and there. And I was like, oh, I have to be six days a week in Paris, two shows at night while I haven't danced for so long. <laughs> but I took the challenge. I was like, let's roll. How so, did your body do with that, with getting oh, back into Because there's like the physical, but there's also the mental oh, of yeah. coming back to dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The mental, I could, I could deal with it. Uh, the body, especially doing the cancan. Oh, yeah. And the cancan of the, of the Moulin is a serious story. Uh, I, yeah, I, it took me three months to really get back to my flexibility uh, the way I was before. Uh, but then it, it was the strength that I needed to get back. Um, and uh, and the work of kicking the leg and and bring it down as fast as possible is a very different way than in ballet, you know. Yeah. Where it's, it's kind of very soft the way it goes. It's quite the the can -can is in between gymnastic and dance, but it's not really down. It's not like a proper dance. It's uh, yeah, like not like ballet at all. <laughs> like <laughs> not like any dance actually <laughs> that you can imagine. So, um, yeah, a lot of acrobatics, you know, cow wheels and jump splits, as you probably know. Um, yeah, quite aggressive, I have to say. Oh, aggressive. That's, I actually have a show I was working on before COVID. It was a Parisian cabaret. Did the audition and I had him do a waltz and a tango and I had him do like kind of all different styles. And then I gave him the can-can and I didn't do any of the hard, hard stuff. 
we got going, and they were, they could hardly breathe. I'm like, just so you know, that's just the intro. And they're like, what? <laughs> Cause they were, it's just not a stamina that most dancers have and you never stop. And it's the running, it's the, and most of the kicks are on the right. I'm like, I know if we do this, we have to get some left leg kicks in there. Yeah. But I told them about slamming into the splits. And I go, I did that. And my, till my hips fell out of the socket. And I heard Ellie Wickett's story, like how, like you said, aggressive, almost brutal. So we're ballet, you get to take your time. But I, when I was explaining that, and like when I watched the show, because I saw the Mulans and the Lido's can can, they're different. Yeah. But I just watched that and I can't, I love it, but I can't watch it without going, ow, because now that I've had, you know, hip replacements, (laughs) it's hard to enjoy it. Like I can't watch the Olympics with going, ow, ow, ow. Legs aren't supposed to bend that way. I do want to come back one little thing because, um, about stopping because when I was 17 I decided I didn't want to dance for a year because I wanted to be a cheerleader and I wanted to do things I wasn't as serious as you and my parents said if you stop you have to stop the whole year you can't go one month and say I want to start again Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I'm not I made it one month and I wanted to go back so bad they made me wait until the next school year and I and that was I think that was really good because I didn't make cheerleader they said I was too dancey to be a cheerleader and I started to miss my friends. I started to miss ballet. I started to miss the music. And I think it was really good to have that longing because I was goofing around all the time. Like our studio, like we would just talk all the time. It was not very strict. But when I came back, I told my friends, please don't talk to me. Like I really am back now. And it was what changed, I think, was having a break Excellent. because like my, I think my body was a little bit stronger, caught up, maybe having a little bit of a break. But I came back with a very different mindset. Like I want this now. And for seven years, I think that like, the longer you go, it's harder to come back. Like yeah. at my studio, we see adults come back and they will say, I haven't danced for 20 years. I'm really nervous. I'm like, just come take a lower level. You're not, and just have to say, I'm not going to have my leg as high. And you see them come in with a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by the end, they're almost in tears. Cause they go, it's still in me. Like that three-year-old, three and a half year old that stood up on the chair, that part is still there. And so oh, yeah. like, I think a, a break, Especially when people are training so hard, you, you probably don't lose too much. And then when you come back with a different mindset, it's like, okay, here we go. I'm I'm sorry. Just what made me think of like, oh, if I hadn't taken that break, I probably would have just stopped at 18. I don't know if I would have gone professional Mm. without having a break to go, oh, I do really want this. Mm. Cheerleading would have satisfied me for about three days. And I would have really missed being in a ballet class. Yeah. Breaks are good. Breaks are really good. I mean, you when you come back, you you, you know why you're there. You know yeah. why you you're making this choice. You know why you're going to suffer. I mean, you, you made the choice yeah. to suffer. <laughs> Just, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you made the choice that you, really you take. You embracing the all the all the whole thing and instead of if you complete you push there without really being sure not the same story yeah and I think you can take it for granted not really appreciate and some of the people I've interviewed that are my age and older we we didn't know how good we had it in those shows and then we look back and go oh that's amazing that we got to do that so I love when people get it when they're in it how long did you do the did you do six months for the Moulin Rouge is that what no you said? I did three years I oh three years a, yes I was soloist at the Moulin Rouge um and same after three years I was done <laughs> really just yes. done. well I could see that would take its toll but my body actually it was my body who was telling me to stop um sadly I I was crying every opening of the show when the curtain was open because my I was my back the last six months 
I was such so in pain that I knew that I will hurt myself again and again and again. And so as soon as the curtain was, the old music and the curtain op opens, I was in tears and I had oh. to control. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be in pain again, you know? Right. And it's when your body is talking, you're there, but your body is telling you to stop. Because the, 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 the moulin, the cancan is difficult, but once you get soloist or even nude, you're not getting to do it anymore, which was a pretty good thing for me. <laughs> uh, but the soloist part is extremely technical with a lot of lifts as well. Um, it's, it's a hard spot as well. Um, and I don't know, maybe it was because the, the, the way I got back into dance after such a long break, maybe it was just too brutal. And my body was telling me after two and a half years, like, stop it there. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, so anyway, so after three years, bye-bye. And, um, and, um, and at the same time, I was doing uh, still some modeling uh, for a lot of luxury brands. Um, and uh, it was at the time, we're talking about 15 years ago, all brands were uh, loving dancers and tall dancers. So I was completely fitting into that. And uh, I was, uh, you know, modeling, dancing, you know, they were loving it for... Uh, for um, events, for catwalks, for you know, for different things. So I ended up doing the um, the hundred anniversary of Christian Dior uh, with all wow. the supermodels there. And I was like, mm, really, I'm there? Wow! <laughs> what am I doing there? <laughs> <laughs> I was on points for that. Um, I ended up being um, the face uh, for Chopard, you know, the jewelry, um, the jewelry brand, uh, doing events for them for eight years all over the world. It was just an incredible uh, experience, and uh, and more Jean-Paul Gaultier and all the things. Wow. So really, really, really good, and um, and I also decided again to leave Paris for about a year and a half and do some more uh, contracts experiences. Uh, so I worked in Greece for six months and then I worked, I did a tour in China and I worked in, uh, in also did different contract with uh, um, a, star, a star dancer of the opera who was a choreographer. His name is Kader Bellardi. I uh, did some great choreography for different events uh, in Qatar and Morocco. And so I ended up, you know, being all these places and, and having so much experience, which I love, you know, I'm, the idea and from day one, when I stopped dancing and went to travel the world was to experience as much as I could in the you know all the variety that I could do yeah. um, and so events was a, a good for me a good way because I was still doing my passion which is dancing but also in another environment for beautiful brands you know how you know how to how to refuse that <laughs> it's, uh, it's, so that you got to dance as a model that they like for special things use your dance ability Yes, 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 oh. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up, oh. uh, it depends on uh, doing some or ballet or contemporary or even cabaret or, or some just uh, improvisation freestyle, you know, it depends, you know, what they yeah. to do. Yeah. 
So that, that's that- amazing. Cause I, I did a, a choreograph for a show here in Seattle. It was a beauty, international beauty show. And they wanted dancers to be the models because they just said, well, they just move different and it's more fun for the audience. And it was fun for us to feel like models, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was like, I hadn't seen that much. I'm like, why don't they hire more dancers? Because of the movement, the fluid, you know how to stand in a different yeah. way than just the model stand. Yeah. So how did, how did your body quick do? Memory as well. quick and quick memory. memory. Yeah. And, and you know how to work on stage and like mm-hmm. space, all that things. Like we had a head start more than, and we only did it one time, but I was like, can I get paid to do this all the time? Because I just thought it was like <laughs> yes, the best. That's, why, that's why you get what I'm saying. It's just yeah. like, wow, thank you. I love being here. <laughs> and, you, and the travel. I love, love, love the travel part. It's like, or I just wanted to keep dancing just so I could travel. So did your body feel a little bit better from not yes. doing two shows <laughs> six nights a week? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. For a year and a half, I had this break, which was great. And uh, but still dancing here and there doing a few contracts, uh, but not at the rhythm. And also the the, the other point is that uh, I was doing different things, uh, not the same show every night. And yeah. uh, and you know how it is to do the same movements every every night. It's It can be tough. Also yeah, it's usually lopsided and everything yeah. on one side. Yeah. This is a weird route, but I don't know if it fits in your story. Like I was looking through your photos and Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Oh, okay, so does that fit in with your model? Because I just like I'm such a travel buff. Like that's one of the things when COVID, whatever. I just all I can wait is just I can hardly wait to go travel, and just different cultures. And I saw those pictures. I'm like, these are amazing. But it looked like you weren't just a tourist taking pictures or something. I don't know where that fits in your time. <laughs> Do you want to go there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful story. Um, I'm since I'm a kid. Uh, again, it's part of my curiosity, you know. And since I'm a kid, I'm a, a, a lover of tribes. Uh, don't ask me where it comes uh-huh. from. I have no idea. <laughs> it's also probably uh, connected to nature. I, you know, I, I love trees. Uh, I'm a tree hugger. You can call yeah. me like this. I'm happy with that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no. Um, and and um, and I had the opportunity at the time when I was at the Moulin. I had I was uh, the ambassador, so I was doing all the interviews and. Uh, well, a conference, press conference, and different things, and uh, and uh, and one day there was a, a Papuan uh, that was there in the audience uh, with a journalist, which actually uh, comes from near where I grew up, and uh, and we had a, a, a they were shooting a documentary. And we had an, an incredible connection. We, I questioned, you know, them million questions. And but where are you from? Explain, explain me. I want to know everything. <laughs> How does it work in your tribe? <laughs> where is it? And and, uh, and so they really understood how uh, how real and true, you know, my my curiosity, my passion about it was. And and he invited me to his village, whereas I was like. I'll, I'll come. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll come. And, and uh, you know, with time and discussions and I saw them again. And, and, and between that, I ended up arriving at the Lido. And, uh, and, um, and while I was at the Lido, we discussed different things with, uh, with uh, this journalist and, and, and the Papuan uh, who was also there. And, and the journalist was like, would you, would you like to go and, and dance with them? I'm like, of course, oh. I mean, <laughs> of course I'd love to dance with them. 
Um, and the whole thing, you know, little by little, time after time, it took us five years to end it up to some to to a project, which I proposed to the Lido. And uh, the, the, the idea was to actually really have a, a showgirl, you know, which are the, 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 the feather, the, the, the occidental feather community, which <laughs> the feathers are worn by ladies, you know, women, uh, and, and this tribe in Papua New Guinea, which is only the men wearing the feathers. Um, and they are also warriors and, you know, there's a, a, an interesting connection somehow uh, and, con and, um, and difference, of course. Um, and so when we proposed the project to the Lido, the, 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 the Lido said yes straight away. They were like, we love the idea. It's amazing. So I ended up going to Papua New Guinea with two other dancers. Um, Hervé, who, uh, who uh, was the general director at the time, Hervé Dupéret, who also was so happy to come and uh, love this trip. Uh, and we had two weeks there. We lived in their village. Uh, and we actually, we, um, we have been part of a contest in Papua New Guinea. Uh, um, it's a it's a contest where all the tribes are reuni reunited. Uh, it's a contest that has been created by um, in the seventies by um, uh, we say colon in French, which is basically a white person that came there to try to to piece all the tribes which they were fighting. They still are they still are fighting, mm -hmm. but uh, it was worse uh, fifty years ago. And the way to ease and, and peace the, the, all those tribes was to, was to uh, create a, a celebration, like a festival, all about dance and instrument and singing and all the, the, the you know, what, what each tribe, the identity of those tribes. Mm. And, uh, and during that time, it was a, a peace uh, contest. Of course, one of them was winning at the end. But it was a peaceful moment where all of them were uh, sharing something. So again, dance is a, a peace message. And this is really, really amazing. Um, so we, uh, we, we've been part of this contest with them. So we danced. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah we had those 25 warriors with, their, with us. I mean, it was just an experience of a lifetime. Incredible. And I'm so thankful that the, oh, you're getting emotional. I'm like, I'm, it's interesting. Like my face hurts from smiling and I'm crying out the side of my eyes. I'm like, wow. I, I think it's just, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And I love your joy, like watching your face when you talk about it. And I, cause I saw the pictures and I was just really curious and that makes those pictures. Cause I can see those now and I hope we can share those. Oh yeah. That's and also Incredible. the fact that the Lido so, is so like emotional yes, talking about it. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it was nine years that, ago. I'm still all vibrating oh, yeah. talking about That's why it. I think I was feeling that. I'm like, what an experience. And yeah. that the Lido, the Lido was all for that. I think that I've been more and more impressed because it isn't just entertainment, but like these ambassadors. And like you said, the, that the men only wore the feathers, like the yeah. cultural thing about why, you know, we're strutting around like peacocks and the boys are yeah. more plain in the shows. In most cultures, the boys are wearing all the feathers and that's a sign of royalty or warrior. So, yeah. Oh, and, I, and I love, love, love your curiosity about culture and travel because that's like so speaks to my heart and how dance <laughs> is like so many of us as dancers couldn't afford to, to see the places that we've been able to go. And it just gives you this 
window to go in there and then the dance because I went to Uganda and like their dance was so hard for for me like to move isolate the shoulders but that was part of it and I, I got to dance. I'm a widow the widows invited me in to do a dance with them and like yeah just the cultural difference but we have this thing in common or just to watch like how the women dance different or the tribes were different and just to not assume like all African looks like what you do in Zumba class <laughs> you know it's just like <laughs> the stories behind it and the travel and the stories that are of pain and victory and like that I think it just makes dance even seem more incredible that we don't have to speak the same language and like you're emotional watching and not even know why and it doesn't even matter there's stories that are in that earth and in those trees I'm also a tree hugger that's what I, I love about that and that's why I don't I didn't I, knowing knowing it without being able to put words at the time on it but I I never wanted to stay just close in one type of dance because dance is a universal language and you speak even I mean we saw it with in Papouasie you know in Papua New Guinea uh, you know living with them and sharing this same passion when those guys are warriors I mean this is incredible uh, it's, it's just yeah. uh, it, we were dancing. I mean, humanity was dancing before talking. Yeah. It's it's a it's a thing because they were expressing their day, what they've done. You know, walking and trying to hunt something with movements. So it was with noises, but it was before words. And uh, so movement is 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 us. You know, it's identity oh. and it's uh, it's universal. So we can't we can't live without it. I mean, people who doesn't know and doesn't understand that, I think they didn't they don't understand the world. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's so much of our attitude that's happening now, especially I think especially in America, the others these people are different. They're other, though it can make us hate each other as opposed to like what is that universal thing? And if people travel more, I think you see. Yeah. I'm just still picturing a three and a half year old standing up on a chair. Like if you had seen a ballet at the, at the Paris opera, or if you had seen Papua New Guinea warriors dancing, you probably would have had that same enthusiastic, like, yes, yes, yes. I want this. I have a flash, believe it or not. I remember how my mother was dressed. She was wearing an, an, Amer uh, an American Indian outfit. When the, at that show? At that I just performance? remember that. <laughs> oh dan dance was calling you this. oh oh <laughs> yeah there's like yeah it's but it's just like calling you and if you took that break and there you end up in other countries that's still interesting to remember that very good memory <gasps> to that just came back <laughs> that's, that's like i think we start telling our story like we it's kind of choppy for some of us and then we go like i actually did an interview for the one year where a friend of mine interviewed me and there was a lot of stuff around trauma that I had, I'd processed it in pieces. So when I actually told my story of how being in the shows actually was a healing thing around sexuality and being a woman and like a lot of trauma around that, like I hadn't heard myself say it. And then when I said it, I went, oh, like all the pieces and hearing other people's stories. I think that that's what's been so great about these interviews is we all have something in common or like you had a piece that like triggered something of joy in me that made me cry. <laughs> and also it's just interesting too like I would take African class or Afro-Brazilian or Afro-Cuban because I was always told in, in ballet I was too up I couldn't I wasn't a very good tapper because I was up so when I would take those those kind of dances it helped me get into the ground which I think helped me as a contemporary and a jazz dancer because yes ballet is such a great base but to be able to do some of the other styles I think African taking African 
getting la- lower and lower and they go get lower and like, oh, my quads are on fire. But my, <laughs> my, my Achilles tendon is not being overworked. Yeah, I just think it's so good to balance those styles and it just makes better dancers. I think it makes you aware of different musicality that's different. So, wow. And then yeah. in Greece, like I think, you know, like every place you were, if you were dancing or not, you're still engulfed in it some way because some cultures are just dancing more openly than others but that just makes her yeah just makes her a beautiful artist and a a beautiful human so how did you end up at the Lido because you took another break yes so I took you go back again uh, to traveling around and then I I got back to Paris and I was like okay what's next and then I was like well Lido (laughs) yeah Lido was kind of also coming at the right time. Uh, funny story, a uh, little flashback when I was uh, 15 and, and training at, at modern jazz at the time at the, the, the organization of my mother, the, the teacher, the modern jazz teacher was the next dancer from the Lido. Really? And at the time I was 15, he was like, he saw me already very tall and, you know, and he was like, you should audition at the Lido. And at the time, because I was way focused in ballet, I didn't see myself topless on stage. That was yeah. the main thing. I was 15. I was like, how would I put my seats out (laughs) on stage uh, where I'm on my points and you know and doing my things it was just not working in my head yeah yeah (laughs) and and the funny story so nearly uh where was I nearly where 15 15 years later I ended up auditioning at the at the Lido and uh, and here I am still there 12 12 years later (laughs) oh my gosh so did okay I have a lot of questions were how was that for your body because it feels like the Lido just the way the style is maybe there's more longevity than the Mulan if, at least if you're not on, but you still do the can-can right at the Lido yes, uh, since the new show okay uh, Paris Merveille before that we didn't have uh, the can-can on Bonheur uh, oh really it, it was much more of a showgirl very showgirl uh, show revue um heels 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 non-stop which was also difficult for for your back and your lower back uh the great thing of the the actual show is that we we uh we're going from dummy point to uh we have a all a neoclassical part which you you've probably seen i saw the show i was there for the anniversary for the um reunion two years ago i was on stage on that yeah yeah because that's like every time i like we were the ones yelling on one side and getting like (laughs) that like i just love that was one of my favorite evenings ever because seeing i saw the it was yeah and i love that the people on the other side of the curtain loved it it. because when i I saw the Moulin Rouge two years ago, but I went by myself and it was fun to see it, but it was way more fun to watch it with other dancers who had done it and just be like, oh my gosh. And that show, I loved how contemporary that show is. And I also love like what I've seen in Bonhaire and some of the older shows too. I mean, things have to move and evolve and change a little bit. And I just love that. I think as a dancer, I would have loved to have been in something like that because I love that you switch up the styles every piece of your body's not constantly the, or... the rich the richness of of this uh, show this new show which is already five years old six now uh because of covid in the middle but um uh it's what i really love in this show is moving from one style to another we as sublimes you know the the lead uh which i'm part of from the from the beginning and i'm also the captain 
Honest. So uh, with with all that, we uh, we're going from all from very showgirl and very powerful to something much more loving in the in the Swan duo, <sighs> or uh, or more wild, which was my number with the two boys with all the lifts and. Uh, Yes, it is, it's, a, it's a very rich and entertaining and actually enjoyable to dance because we go, we're moving from one style to another. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's good for the body. I enjoy it very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to ask. Say, oh, go ahead. And no, I have to say, I loved having you all in the, in the audience that day you all came. It, you gave us so much love on that night it was magical really each moment was gold i remember oh i even gosh. have goosebumps just yeah. thinking about it it was fantastic i remember when we were going in line to get our badges we could peek down to the stage because i had been to paris two years before and i went to the moulin but i never made it to the lido and i always wanted to see it because i had an offer to go there and i turned it down and i'm just kicking myself now that i didn't go but just to see the stage i was emotional and getting this, you know, the whole lead into the show. And then it, I did not know until that curtain went up, like how magnificent it was to be there. But also like, you know, I didn't want to have huge expectations because like if the show was like, eh, I mean, I knew it was going to be good. I had no idea how good. And so I think my jaw was dropped because I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And how it just kept changing, like the, the Mohawk thing. And then the, yeah. the, I think it's like the, it's like military style jacket, the yes. French jacket. I love that piece. The women are so strong. Mm-hmm. and I yeah I just and I love the swan and every I just felt like the whole thing was just like well, it was you're on a journey you're not and I love yeah. the showgirl feather and I love the old Don Arden shows too because there was a story within it but this was so fresh and I just think of you know being on the other side being a dancer it's wonderful to be in the audience but also like wow for those dancers this has got to be so much safer for their body and just much more it's going to hit on, like, if some people love ballet, they get to shine in that piece. But if someone loved the strong, like, old, you know, that kind of jazz is really strong hitting, they get to have their time to be in their style. And I just love the perspective of being a dancer. I can just imagine, like, oh, I would have given anything to be in that show if I still was 20 or 30 years old. It was, uh, well, as you, as you know, and you American, I mean, Franco Dragon, who, who did the show, was I considered that it was an amazing choice. This guy has done incredible shows in Vegas, as you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in Macau, in Dubai, and then in, in China. Everything is is spectacular what he's done, and he's got his own poetic, poetic, uh, uh, sense, you know, this sensibility that, uh, uh, which is kind of unique and. Um, and I think that the leader has made a really good decision to trying to move on regarding even the style, uh, because you cannot, as you said, you need to involve. It goes with time. We're not in the. I love all the, the old shows, but we're not in. It's not the same generation, and uh, and people expect something different. And even when the, when the Franco brought the the, the Swartz, uh, um, the lady with all tattoos and you know and and and, and oh yeah <laughs> the, the sword you you was she there the night you were there, you were I don't there? think I saw no. that but no. she she was completely in a different completely different than the DNA of the bluebell but at the same time she's an attraction she's not a bluebell 
but and she but in terms of uh, of the renewing you know also the 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 the, the touch of the Lido with all the, the Lido has been, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, since time, uh, it's always been uh, something innovating ahead of, of its time. Um, with, uh, even before the Cirque du Soleil, we had dancers and attractions and, you know, and then great, great uh, uh, scenery and, and scenography and everything was already there 50 yeah. years ago. And the, at the time, there was no internet. There was they were just ahead of their time, so uh, so it's the great thing to even take this challenge that he did, bringing this this little lady, which was kind of a a, a, um, a burlesque, uh, you know, glamorous with this blonde wig, beautiful but full of tattoo, and and you know with this. Well. <laughs> she was creating a shock in people's minds. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. But you know, it's like uh, it's like Roy and and, and Sieg, Siegfried and Roy with the tigers, or you know, yeah. people like it, people don't. You know? right. <laughs> yeah, and that's I think it's like some of the older generation. I think it was hard for them not to have all the big production with the feathers. And so you're going to get both. And I think some of us were like, Oh yes, I love this. And I'm curious when you were at the end of bone hair, when you're hearing this is coming in, was there controversy or were the dancers that are going to audition for the next one, you know, cause it could be exciting, but it also could be scary. Like gosh, they're taking a different direction. Is this going to go? It's been a lot of controversy, even in the company itself. Uh, people were very disappointed. There was not that, that much feathers that they used to do, especially the leader with the mag, 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 uh, majestue, um, what's the word in English? The, the, majestic? The majestic feathers costume. Yeah, yeah the, the, huge. The, you know, the huge, the beauty, the, the, the size of it. They, they're famous for this. So people were a bit disappointed about that. Um, but at the same time, there is still a few. Uh, they were they're very light, which is a great thing for the me. blue. And you know, yes. back. And they're so light. I, I feel for you every time I'm wearing it. And I'm like, how the previous generation were doing with the old costumes. Oh my sometimes gosh. we're wearing them for events. And I'm, I'm like, oh, don't move. <laughs> There's, I went to the chiropractor and I've never had an accident. I mean, I've had a tiny little car accident, but he was wondering about my neck and back. And he's asking me all these questions. Like, have you had a big fall? And I was telling him about the shows. He goes, <laughs> he goes, he took, he took the skeleton he had, it was a head and a torso and this, nobody because he took it and he went smashed into the ground. He goes, that's what was happening to your body after all those years. I went, I go, it hurt. I go, yeah, but it was still worth it. It was still beautiful. Yeah, it was <laughs> but gorgeous. I mean, they would lower some of them on you or you'd have to have a dresser. You try to get your arms into your backpack and it kind of, but you felt like you felt amazing, but every, you know, after night, after night, and you feel like you're, you, you're good thing. You're tall. Cause you're probably shrinking from being <laughs> compressed. So I love the blue ones. I don't know what the number, what is that? It's the bluebell. The blue Cause blue I feel like they're a little bit different. There's some that have the huge peacock feathers but yes, the skirts are different and the bodices are yes. different. I uh, love that there was, I oh, love those the costumes. The costume itself is different uh, with the rhinestones. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. Probably one of the best pieces of this uh, of this show. 
uh, and they, they made different, different type of it, long dresses, short dresses, leotards, and we, we all have those beautiful uh, peacock bluebell color, which this one is really light and it's great. It's, it's, it goes actually, if it's not well fixed on your head, it goes with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Those, yeah, they looked really light. And I'm like, wow, that would have been yeah. a very different experience. They're so beautiful. But, it, but I felt like that did add that beautiful nostalgia, but updated, but it still had the feathers. And then the finale thing with the flower, like the, the bouquet flower, thing, I thought yeah. it was, it, yeah. it was a nod to the showgirl thing without being like the girls had their own hair, which we never had our own hair show. We had yeah. wigs or like falls and all that. But yeah, I just, I, I loved it. And I think, you know, things don't change. Like we can be super nostalgic or, you know, we always want to make that the fifties were so glamorous, like, no, housewives were on, on, on morphine or whatever drugs they were given for depression to have a perfect house. So we, we romanticize everything. And then yeah. it's really nice to have an appreciation for it, but to say we have to go back to the fifties, you know, when life was good and family was whole, I'm like, yeah, no women were stuck at home and <laughs> there's some things, yes, we have to move forward and good point. Yeah. And the theater, cause people are seeing like, you know, the um, projections and things like that's why I feel like that was really nice. Cause they still had a staircase. It felt like it yeah. still had yeah. that beautiful thing that has been there forever, but also the projections also make that stage like so much, I was surprised how small that not, it's not small compared to other theaters, but the shows that we were, I was in Hello Hollywood, Hello, and that was the size of a football field. That, that was a huge theater. We had an airplane on it. So oh, to go to the Lido, wow. took the, yeah, it was, come out and it was actually too heavy that was ruining the stage and we were on the wings of a plane. Oh my it was just, God, I'm so it, jealous. Would have loved to leave that. <laughs> it was so generous. And then even just to leave the show, just to walk across the stage, to go out the stage door was like walking more than most people walk in their daytime, it was just getting across the stage and up and downstairs. So to take the class that, that we got to take with Jana, with, uh, with Jane and Victoria, it, it wasn't small, but it just, I think I was surprised because I thought it was bigger from the videos, but it's the way they use that stage and the projections. And so it still has that grandiose feel. It yeah. doesn't feel like you're in a lounge. It definitely feels like you're on a full, but I just think the way they use the stage and I love the silhouette thing with the projection. Mm. Is that live every night or is that recorded? Is that video or is that actually you guys behind the screen with the, the lighting? Silhouettes are live every night. The one at oh, the are. back of the can can, you mean when the, the black and whites uh with it, it feels like we have we are hundreds Getting, on stage. Right. And there's like yeah, a house little thing. It's live. I love that part. It it's was just like, oh, this is so different. Yeah, it's a video technique. Uh, uh, it's actually a French guy that is uh, has, has done that. Uh, this this guy has also worked for the Cirque du Soleil, uh, and uh, and yeah, it's it's a, a video technique that works live every night. So, which is a good thing because it's never completely the same people in front, you know, because of rotation days right. or how it is holidays and that. So <laughs> it can probably, you know, <laughs> just just uh, disturb a little bit uh, but uh, yeah no no it's great it's great to, we have great technology on this show uh, it's like, wonderful like in every shows at the Lido that's the the majesty of this this place as well the theater itself the technique the um 
yeah, the, the, we have less uh, sets like previous shows were having, but uh, but as you said, all the screens and you know we still have uh, we used to have the ice ice ranking, uh, uh, the, the 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 fountain. Uh, uh, we have also uh, the chandelier of, thing is the, beautiful. Yeah, exactly the chandelier, which is impressive. Yeah, still. Still incredible stage. I mean, wow. I'm always impressed when I see all this technique. I'm, I'm loving it. So is it okay to ask how old you are? Yeah, sure. I'm 40. <laughs> that, that's the thing I've loved is the longevity. Because I think I remember being in, in the first show I was in at 20. And I knew a 30-year-old. They called her grandma. I don't think she, and it was, and I remembered other 30-year-olds like, I hope I can still dance at 30. I just didn't know it was possible. And I know that seeing dancers go further into it, it's really inspiring for younger dancers. Instead of the, a lot of the message we had, like, you got to do this by 30, take every job, do everything, even if it's breaking your body, because you're done. They're going to throw you out in the pasture at 30. You're, you're no longer viable. So to see like, and also that you took a seven year break and you came and went when it was right for you. Just how does your body feel now at 40? Because I know some people are more aches and pains, but also you get smarter. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say that uh, it's been a while that my right hip is um, tired. When I say well, I've been I've been working until until COVID, you know, arrived. Uh, but somehow I had a, a back pain that was on for a long time with some weird weird with you know how it is you don't really know where it comes from you go and see doctors they don't really know you yeah. everything is kind of I mean if, if nothing is broken they're just like mm, we don't really know what it is but maybe you should rest uh, you know yeah and I can't really do that right. you know? so, um so yeah I pushed 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 and then when we stopped uh, all of a sudden, kind of a part of, of uh, where the, the pain was really important, kind of shut. And the, the main actually problem appeared somehow, you know, it's like the compensation that I could, mm -hmm. you know, you know how the body works sometimes, you know, you, you have a pain somewhere, but it's not really coming from there. Yeah. And that's what happened. And uh, but at least some again, like, uh, hello, here it is. Finally, the problem. Yes. <laughs> um, so I had uh, two injections already uh, last year for following up once we after the, the lockdown, we had two months of very strict lockdown here in France. So after that, I had uh, two injections in my hip. And uh, it's slowly recovering. I wouldn't say that it's back 100%. To be honest, right now, I, I'm not sure. And I don't think I can really put my head, my right leg as high as I used to. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I still have until September to, uh, to figure out, you know, and trying to improve that um, again. Um, I'm of course thinking of what's next, as you can imagine with my age and like, as every dancers should keep in mind somewhere. Yeah. Um, and uh and yeah i mean I, to be honest i've never had a surgery uh so i've i've had a, a, an extremely good career with my, i had pain you know which is normal i mean when you have such a training and work that much 
12 shows a week for 15 years. I, uh, I, I counted when we stopped uh, for COVID. I was like, let me just an average number of how many performances I did, you know, in my in my last 15 years. And I was about 8,000. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. So yeah, like, it takes its toll. All right. Yeah, that's actually a good number. <laughs> yeah, that explains a bit. I don't exactly. know if you can tell... Maybe Talk to Jane. My rip. Is that might be it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe those costumes running up and down stairs and quick changes are almost as hard as a show sometimes. And, Talk to and, Jane. I want to get hired. I'm a massage therapist and I do myofascial release. I'm like, can I just work backstage at Lido? I went so because <laughs> I work on dancers at my dance studio, but a lot of like when you're saying where it hurts, the pain is elsewhere. Someone described it as like we when something hurts we'll push on it and dancers will stick their elbows in there and balls and tools and it's like you're basically beating up the victim there's the the bully is somewhere else like but we go like this hurts and then like stick it with things and so finding like oh so when it actually it organizes enough to show you where the real thing is because people are just chasing symptoms and dancers sometimes you know are getting surgeries maybe they don't need or stopping before like where's the bully because I've had hip I've had hip replacement so I think some, you know, ah, some of it so was, you know what I'm talking about. And, and I, but when I went back for that class at, at the lead, I was telling somebody else, I felt at first I was having a hard time getting up the stairs. So it was two years after my second hip replacement, but then I felt like I was 20 again. And by the end I was running up and down. I oh, forgot nice. how old I was, but it, it did make me go. Yeah. Just getting up and down stairs in heels is really challenging. Yeah. But I, my, everybody told me before I had my hip surgery, once you have it, you'll say, why did I wait? And I thought, no. And then I did it. I'm like, oh, why did I wait? Like I'm walking without pain again. I can get off a toilet without holding onto the counter. It's a big deal, but yeah. So it is pain is real. And I love that when dancers address it, honestly, because I feel like what I've heard of the Lido is like that you guys have access to physiotherapist or like you can rest where I think the mentality when I was dancing was like, if your leg is hanging off, just get on stage. You know, <laughs> it's just like, you're kind of your product and like, just cry. But we teach people really awful things of how to treat their body. And so like, listen, rest, but you took those seven years off, maybe made, made your longevity that you can dance into your forties. And if you hadn't stopped, you may not Absolutely. have made it much longer. Yeah. 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 It's uh, and, and also you, uh, you, you don't sing differently with age, uh, which you are not aware of, of your body as much when you're 20 Right, thirty, and even when you're forty, <laughs> so, yeah, it's <laughs> uh, really you. You, it's funny. I, I just um, passed. Uh, I, I took the time of all this month to to study, and um, and I passed what we call the, the 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 state diploma of the ballet academy teaching here in France. Really, which I just uh, I just passed. Yay. And, um, and we uh, we so of course uh, uh, learning how learning around ballet ballet history and how to teach and that but also something that is quite new I mean it was new for me and is something that I've never heard before learning doing these uh, studies it's uh, what we call the it's a uh, uh, analyse fonctionnelle du corps en mouvement dansé which is uh, um, uh, uh, studying basically the the body while it's dancing so it's uh, as your physiotherapist you know probably better than i do because i'm not a physio I'm a, I'm a massage therapist but i know okay, like that kinesiology like the study of movement and 
it's not uh, specific, yours is specific to dance then yeah it's specific to dance it's about uh, uh having a, uh, being more precise with your eye about a uh, position like how are your hips and why are they you know your hips are like this you know uh, uh, yeah. forward or backwards you know about your lower back we're regarding the muscles and and uh, and uh, everything you know uh, also your your cage you know your rib cage how to place it well and how to to really do the movement like a kick like how oh, from yeah. where it goes you know and uh, uh you know which uh, you know in the the role the 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 rotation you know of your of your bone in your in your in your hip and and how how to do it without injuring you know and not pushing too much so it's all these things which I was studying and I was like, if I knew this, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. if I, I knew saved. this, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, that's hope for the next generation too. And even the shows like to create a show that's going to be balanced between your right side and your left side. Like I do love that people swing in your show. So maybe you do alternate which side, but like maybe even the creation of a show will be better on the body and having people who are in charge, like yeah. understand the dancers with training. Cause I know, I don't, I think I just knew how to do pirouette just by watching, but no one broke it down. And I actually teach turns. Like, I wish I had known this, but our students are much smarter. And so the teachers have to sometimes like, you have to know the body because a lot of these younger people ask good questions where we didn't even know to ask the question. Yes. And so the injury prevention, what is coming is makes me more hopeful. And then to be a professional dancer, not think you're done at 30, like you can go past your forties if you're doing it correctly as much as your body can actually facilitate for whatever yeah. limitation. But I'm, I'm very lucky. I mean, I had a, I'm, I'm having a, you know, amazing career and my body is, is been there. I have to say that I'm, I'm, I'm not really, I, I used to go out when I was younger, but I'm not really, I'm, I'm healthy and, you know, it's also part of the longevity. There's no, there's no secret at some point, you know, I don't right. think uh, partying every night, smoking, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, <laughs> does help. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah. When you're in your 20, you just think, nah, it's going to go forever. So yeah. um, you have a business that you, then I looked at your website. Did that come during COVID or was that something you were doing before <laughs> that you were overlapping? What can you yeah. tell what that is? Cause I have been so amazed by all this creativity besides the show. Cause I just think that's, a lot of energy just to do the show and the fact that you have any leftover and the brain, I mean, it keeps your brain fresh to always have something that you don't just go on autopilot. So yeah. yeah what was, how did that come about? And can you tell us well, what it is? Um, so from the moment, uh, as I was telling you, uh, I was working in uh, events uh, at the same time as uh, uh, working on stage. So I've done that for the last 15 years. Uh, but with time, people um, trusted me and started to ask me to do a choreography and then to stage direct and then do a casting. And then, you know, well, it just went quite naturally with time. Um, and also because uh, I just uh, I needed to also do things on the side and not just doing the same show every night. I needed to feed 
myself artistically, you know, and meeting people because also it was making me a, a better dancer, you know, at night. Uh, it's not, I was not just uh, expecting, you know, my life out of this show and just, you know, of this, of those, you know, performance every night. I, I was, you know, getting getting better also with uh, with all the the, the workout outside, and so I, I've I've uh, so slowly after slowly um, I've ended up uh, opening my my company. So that was uh, nearly four years ago. Um, and beside, I mean, even before that, so there was also the documentary in Papua New Guinea, but I also wrote and hosted another one for the French TV, a 52 minute in India, which oh also the, the Lido let me go. It was really my project. And I asked for a month off to go and shoot in India. They were like, we let you go. Fine. I was like, thank you. Great. Thank you very much. You know, it was feeding myself and they were, they always have been really nice and followed me up, you know, with this uh, as much as they could, of course, because it's always an organization with the stage, you know. Um, but yeah, so it all went naturally. And so I opened my company nearly four years ago and I'm very, uh, happy and lucky i've been work i've been working for luxury brands like hermes tiffany and co audemars piguet lancome and other beautiful brands and creating for them tailor-made performance uh, performances worldwide and actually mostly overseas than in france strangely uh, a lot in Asia, a lot in China and South Korea and Taiwan, but also Dubai. Um, I went to Mexico as well. I went, actually, I haven't done the US, but you've got such amazing talents, you know. No, the, come over. They don't need me. I guess they, they have everyone there. <laughs> I would love to come, but, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I've done a lot in Europe as well. I'm working as uh, for also uh, private uh, parties, uh, you know, some wonderful, uh, I mean, some, you know, people that are happy to, to have um, great performances for their birthday or, you know, um, any kind of, you know, private party with uh, always very, I'm always very, um, uh, very high-end, very classy, very, I'm not going into dark where it's not not my mm. touch it's not just not who not who i am and yeah. people are doing it very great but uh it's just not me um and yeah i've been really lucky to have all those brands trusting me you know asking me to, to create for them i'm really happy and it's also for me a kind of a follow-up you know with all my experience in between fashion and luxury you know, luxury brands and the, 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 the wonderful cabarets which I've done. And again, it's, it's just the, the continuity of, uh, you know, of what I've done until now. So it's <gasps> just logic somehow. But yeah. as, as you can imagine, it's, uh, it's also uh, an industry or the event industry, like in America has been hit quite hard, you know, yeah. with, uh, with the COVID. 
but they're all so ready to go. I'm telling you, I'm talking with a lot of people at the moment. They're all so ready to go. There's a lot of little, there's a lot of projects somewhere in the boxes ready to pop up okay. as soon as the, the, you know, the, the, the government is, is saying yes for, uh, you know, having people joining together and, and giving the right, uh, the right, um, uh, informations to have uh, proper events again with 200 people, 300 people uh, ah. to happen again. The, the brands, I mean, the, 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 the industry and I think even the economy is ready to go. Um, it's so good to be having the work done now because once things go, it's going to, I feel like it's going to just be like a train taking off. And so people have not been getting ready. That was like, even with COVID hit, like I didn't know what Zoom was and there were people that were right on it and there were people that were finding new ways to be creative. And there are some people like, wait, what? Like it just have people who are ready to go. <laughs> Other people are trying to catch up. Like, how do I teach online? How do I do this? Or, <laughs> but if you're, yeah, when you're ready to go, it's like, and I love so much like the, what you, that seven year break just feels like such a beautiful part of your story because getting to travel in different cultures and seeing how, and then being in the high fashion, but the being in the show, because some people don't pay attention how shows run. You could be in the show and not pay attention. Like, how this comes together. And I think, I don't know if you've done with the Lido, I've heard there's lots of events and things that the Lido does that you can work extra, but you, you know, like some people don't pay attention to detail. Like I want to do a show and they don't know, well, you have to pay the dancers. What? You have to have rehearsal time. You have to have a safe stage. You have to have, like a lot of people have these big grandiose, but don't understand the work that goes into it. And so you've seen all the angles, which just, that gives you so much more credibility instead of like, you know, if you can choreograph, you can hire. Do you end up using some of the dancers that you know from the shows? Because I've heard so much crossover with with all the different Rivarte and Kalon. Like people are kind of overlapping, and you've got a, such a pool of talent globally. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do use sometimes uh, some people uh, I'm working with, um, but it also really depends on the type of events that I'm I'm doing. Um, sometimes they uh, like uh, they the the. the, the the clients really want, let's say, a, a hip hop uh, performance, which I had to do in China for Tiffany & Co uh, for their collection launch, uh, Asian collection launch. And uh, they requested, uh, uh, I had 36 hip hop dancers, no, 34, two acrobats, four skaters. Uh, I, cast, uh, I casted, um, 28 people locally, which were all internationals and not Chinese clients. Ah, yeah. That. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and I flew with 12 dancers from Paris, but there was no one from the Lido because uh, it was just hip hop dancers that they, they, they were requesting. So it really depends on when they, I've done some really pure burlesque, uh, you know, um, a party where the, the, the pure burlesque, the way they, the way they were thinking, the way we were thinking it, uh, were more um, what you also have in America. You know, um, those girls. You know, uh, they were they were not necessarily stripping, but uh, you know, the, in the in the the champagne glass, more like a detail. Yeah his style you know which yeah. is not really the Lido dancer itself the the Lido dancers are something else they're incredibly beautiful and we can use them for different things but not not all the time but yes sometimes I do use them but sometimes I I have to use different artists which is great again to yeah. um, 
to uh, work with different ta different talents. Yeah, it's really inspiring, and also uh, I love. Uh, I, I, I worked with um, uh, also um, like uh, ballroom dancers, and you know, it's it's just a. Uh, Charleston dancers and you know it, it, I just love every you know every type of dance it's it's yeah. inspiring it's feeding you it's yeah. uh, everyone comes with his background and you know his passion and they, so the more more and more I have the feeling that people are getting um, uh, multiple mixed somehow they, they you know they, they more and more uh, they hip-hop also works in contemporary uh, uh, companies and so they get this contemporary um, um, uh, you know um, thin touch which is not always in the hip-hop not all all of them some of them got yeah. it but not all uh, but yeah so the, the the mixture of all those type of dance is getting really interesting as well to, to use for, uh, for to create there's in the eighties there, um, and there was so many events happening in Seattle. Cause I had moved, maybe it was like the nineties. I'd started my studio and then was done performing, trying to get things going in Seattle. And it was just really hard to convince people that they should hire dancers for models. But then it started to get big, but there were event planners that had no, no idea about dance. So I was kind of the go between, like we need dancers for this, but then they didn't really know how to ask or they, what things were even called. Like we, somebody wanted like blues, they said blue brothers hip-hop i'm like what but it was like gypsy it's like they don't even really know what they're looking for and so i kind of had to like speak the language of both but because you can do both i just felt like there was a lot of things that they just they had requests that they didn't know even what they wanted and so what you're doing is like taking out that like you know what dancers need you know what styles are you can relate to but i just love that because i just felt like it was this weird broken up way they did it i would just like Higher dances, we show up. Okay, they're in cages. Okay, nobody told us that. Or you know, there was there was a lot of things that would have been nice if someone understood the the dance world or the performer world for some some of the events. And so you you've got something great there that somebody can just trust you with the whole thing. It's always a. It's a, like you. I mean, we are we are those people that are the link in between the professionals and the people who don't know really the industry. So you 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 spend the time, and I, it's something that I, it's really important for me is the respect of the artists is how to how the, the you know to treat them during the event, even before all the you know everything needs to be that's something that I'm explaining to the client you can't you can't ask the, the artist to to sell dream if you don't treat them the way they should be treated so yeah. it's really important for me and all the artists I've been working uh, you know with I mean no one has complained so far <laughs> with me <laughs> but I've, I'm, I'm very um um, as you said earlier, uh, very much about security, about, uh, you know, they, they are a, a very important um, point for the event to uh, uh, spend, to express the message, to be fully part of the, the magic that you, you're going to, to give to your, you know, to your people, to your guests. So uh, it, it all, it's a, 
it's a combination it all works together uh, it's not and and as you i've seen that and i know i heard crazy stories and and sometimes the dancers are not respected the way they should be for the amount of work they do and you know all this mm -hmm. and this makes me crazy because it's years of work it's hard work it's you're giving yourself to something and when you got the chance to actually be hired for a job you want to keep keep them motivated i mean as a you know as a production or even as a client you want to also keep them motivated you want to make them happy as much as you know they will make happy the other people who will wa watch them so it's um it's ecosystem which is so important and uh, and i'm you know really kind of uh, the link and the protector as well because i'm there but i'm also out of it uh, in this position as a producer or choreographer so it's uh, everything works together and really important for me and this is something i can't escape that when i'm talking with the clients it's not we're not trying to do something like uh, you know sneaky or whatever no 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 everything is clear and right and uh, there's no nothing in, behind the corner. There's not a, right. a, a dead, a dead body behind the corner. You know? <laughs> oh, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, some, some things you get into as a dancer and like, wow, this isn't safe. Or I just think of things I went that were just really stupid, you know, because I, nobody's looking out for the dancers or you just don't question it. Mm. So the show is coming back. I saw the Moulin Rouge posted something today that there's, I think the 10th, and you guys, because I think I had heard like way back, like it's going to, it's not, it's going to. And I know you've played this game of like, because yes. if you live in France, I mean, it's different, but like Alexander, like, like if you live in Poland, like, do I leave? Do I not? Do I not do I take another job? So yeah. I know that's been really hard on people to not know because no one in the world knows what the heck, like when things come back. But there is rehearsals and an opening schedule. Yes, we do. Uh, we are talking for uh, we are talking for a reopening uh, mid September, uh, and a rehearsal schedule uh, four weeks before that. So we should start mid August, um, which is uh, which is good to actually uh, put all these things in place. We have so much to organize um, to talk about. Uh, uh, regarding the company itself to have everyone uh, to have everyone back as well um, and uh, and yet we have um, uh, we seeing the doctors all of us uh, to be ready to be back on stage um, which is a, a work doctor an official thing in France how it works um and uh and yeah and we have uh, we have to get back to to training and reorganize you know the rotation <sighs> of the show and how i've lost as a as the captain of the sublimes i have uh, officially six girls in my i mean we are six girls in in my line um and and replacements i've i've uh, i have two girls that have left during covid mm. so i have two two seats, two pair of shoes, <laughs> two G-strings that are available. <laughs> two two G-strings to fill. I was wondering um, about that because if people went home and they either kind of started life back up or it's just too hard, especially like it's such an international company. Like you, we had talked about before we recorded too, that you've got people coming from 
all these countries, we don't know like how those countries are doing with COVID and the border situation could change. And there's a lot, a lot going into this and like, they're going to be traveling through international airports. So I know that the Lido seems like they are on the ball, but like, there's gotta be a lot of considerations when you guys come in to make you feel safe and yeah, we will. We will definitely discuss that. We have a, a captain meeting in uh, two weeks. Uh, we will definitely uh, discuss the whole uh, safety uh, organization, how it will work. Because, as you know, backstage we have a, such a, a, such a, a huge group of people in between dressers and technicians and dancers. Yeah. So this all, you know, this all huge group of people that we're I mean, you know, dresses are touching us while they're helping us to, to, you know, to change and, uh, and just about like uh, the, the mise en place, you know, putting our costumes up. So it's just, they're touching everything. We touching everything. We sweating and somehow, you know, we're going to touch our face. And so it's all those things regarding yeah. the, the safety, uh, you know, which will be discussed, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And see with the government, what will be the new restrictions and how they will want to us to work. It's a lot of questions there on the table. To yeah. I think that'd be and the, for peace of mind. It feels like all that needs to be just asked and upfront and, so are they going to audition for new cast members in the, before this starts? Or are you going to start with a smaller cast? Or does anybody even know, really? Yeah, I don't know yet. I have no idea. Um, no, I don't know. I don't want yeah. to tell you uh, something. Right, uh, right. I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because... Something. I guess they will, uh, they probably, with the new, um, the new decision of uh, the reopening, I guess they've been emailing the whole company worldwide and see who's coming back, who's not. Because uh, I know one of the lady, one of the girls, she's in South Africa. She, she had twins a few months ago. Uh, she's still in oh. South Africa. Oh, so wow. I don't know if she's going to get back or not. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a few questions here and there um, about people and they will probably figure out who, who will be there, who will not. And do we need to replace? Can we work out without? I don't know. It's, it's probably all those things we're going to talk about. I'm sure there are like all those people in management are having to look at every option of how things can work because they have to be really careful. Yeah. And, and life is going to go on in the arts yeah. and like, but also protecting the performers, protecting the dressers, protecting the audience. There's so much going on. Yeah. And also, and, like, and, and I guess some people will be more paranoid than others, as you know, yeah. Every, yeah. You know, some people will be more careful as well, maybe because their family, someone is maybe more fragile than someone else, you know, so we will have different stories that, inside the company itself that we will have to deal with, I guess. Yeah. And I think how to, I think, I don't know if, but, but here people are shaming people for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or getting vaccinated. So there's, oh, it's been so much of that during COVID of people yeah. judging and being judged. And like, it, there's so much around there that gets like emotional. Yeah. So you get a lot of people back in there, like to, to relieve some of the anxiety and fear feels really important to put you in close proximity on stage. I mean, you're partnering and touching in your dressing rooms. So I'm glad that they're not being, I mean, they can't be careless, but it is like, if you feel like you're in good hands, it's going to feel very different than if it feels like, okay, nobody's (laughs) talked about this. Well, also I've talked to 
well, I think Joe look, and then uh, Michael there, and then Kalon and Rivar. there's so many people that have started their own business, yeah. but I think some of them are coming back into the show, but it's the way it's structured. It seems like you can do both, right? So you can do the show and do your events at the same time, or if you need to take a, a break to go somewhere to do it. Is that gonna... The, um, well, uh, um, when I, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to, of course, be at the Lido as much as I, as much as possible. Uh, but of course, sometimes when I had, when I had to go to China or Dubai, or I really needed to travel. Um, so I'm always trying to work out uh, to do that on my holidays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, managed to take a few days, uh, you know, uh, with the whole organization uh, of the schedule and uh, and replacements, um, and so they they let me go as much as I can, uh, as much as wow. I they can, I can, you know, and uh, and they've been following me uh, on this uh, on this journey the last four years, yeah, very much. That's so um, great. I guess they also know that uh, I'm I'm getting older, and it's also a way for me to you know move on after my dance career. So they've been really helping, and uh, and I'm really grateful about this because it's probably not uh, not every company does that. Um, uh, but I'm I've managed as well to be there on on all the rehearsals that I need to be you know as a captain. Uh, as I can, you know we're doing the, the cleanup of the lines but also I'm teaching for new girls you know replacements uh, I'm also there for auditions you know with Jane so uh, I'm, I've managed to be as you know uh, as, <gasps> as I could uh, always there and, and trying to be the less you know uh, uh, and, and because I, of course I don't want to, to, to make them in a, in, in a wrong situation you know where they, they out of one of the sublimes or you know one of the solos or I'm always working out that with them that everything works well without creating any problems in the show okay when you're gone do, they, do you have a captain that steps in do they have like a swing captain I have a second captain and I have second a, captain. Okay. a third captain as well oh that's so smart yeah. When I, do, one thing uh, I've been all the lines got all this organization, the boys as well, the, the, the mm. Victoria, and you know, she's a, she was a, she was what the second uh, she got captain because the first captain got pregnant, so she was the second, so she, she jumped in as the first. I mean, you know how it is the rotation, you know, with all lives that we have, and mm. uh, she got the second <laughs> baby, Victoria. I know, I saw that because yeah. I, I interviewed her right before right after she'd had her first one. And then I think by the time it aired, she was pregnant again. So I want to do a part two with her too. Um, one thing I've been really impressed with, with the, uh, with Lido, maybe just France in general is like to transition out of being a performer, like how to help what's next. Cause I think a lot of dancers are either out because of an injury and then you have no, you have to start over. So I just think that's so smart and maybe people stay longer because they have a plan after instead of like, they just run themselves ragged, then you can't perform so that's beautiful i i always uh, thought of the next step even when i started dan dancing 15 years ago uh, i always thought what's what's after it's it's just uh, we are this generation uh, that we know it's uh, it's a short career 
Um, and and it's not like the generation of our parents that you stay uh, 40 years in the same company. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, we not a it's not the same time you know b we are artists and we know that we're not going to be on stage until you know uh, wearing a g-string <laughs> until 50 years old uh, even right. if training i'm not sure that you know the audience will want to see that right. <laughs> uh, i don't know i mean maybe that would be like a kind of a fun uh, campy show like all of us 60 year olds in g-strings with their belly hanging over the front like that's cute not really what to see it but look at you holding yourself on stage like this (laughs) (laughs) oh there's yeah just are trying to get up the stairs with our our little chain yeah so Oh my, this has been so much fun. You, I just love, I'm just, I'm so glad we went to the whole part about South Africa and, and Papua New Guinea. Cause I just feel like these dancers, they, you know, people see the show. They, I think they assume that we, you know, that's, that's all we do is sleep all day and then do the show, but like all the outside life and the other things that you are amazing at and that always growing is, and the chain, the show's changing. Like that person was not there yesterday. They're in a different spot. So I think it's really fun. Um, to hear the character people and like how, how smart and creative and that you're thinking what's coming next instead of just, you know, party till you drop, which I think I, it feels like it's different in this generation, but in Vegas, people just assume that we were just, you know, partiers. I'm like, I'd have one glass of wine every few weeks. You know, and I was like, I saw more craziness with my friends who were going to college that were doing like fraternity parties. And so we're like, they thought we were wild. and like, you guys are way more wild and just like people were going to school longer than while they're in the show or raising families I just I think it's so good to see like yeah these are brilliant beautiful people so when uh when you go back is there anything you're looking forward to that keeps you hopeful like what some people it's being on stage some people it's you know other things when you picture like going back you know there's a reason you're going to go back and take a risk and go back yeah, to that I, I'm that's a good question to be honest I'm uh, um I'll, I'll I'll be very honest to you I'm I'm worried about my hip right now and this yeah. is a this is going to be a challenge uh yeah. and see how my body will react with this um I've been I've been doing some ballet the last few months because I, I was passing this uh, diploma, uh, but le- my leg was 90 degrees and you know it was all gentle and um, and into my rhythm you know and it was yeah. good. Uh, so I'm a little nervous about this, uh, but that's part of the you know part of the the, the artist life as well. You 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 know you. You, you go behind your, beyond your fears and you, you see how it goes and you deal with it. It's also the, you know, the stage adrenaline that is also feeling like this. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so I'll, I'll, it's, it will be strange to, uh, to get back after a year and a half. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I guess, uh, like we were saying, a break is always good. I think it will be a good thing for everyone to have this time to think about it and get back 
with a, a probably a better motivation, knowing why they why they are there and what they've missed for a year and a half. And you know, yeah. because when you're doing the same thing for twice twice a day, six nights a week, you you do it, but you probably get bored or, or you're just all tired, you know, from yes. that men mentally as well. So it's again we joining to the, this conversation we had. I think the break is good and I'm sure it will be ex it will be great to see the smiles of everyone mm, I love that part well and also just the the training that you just did like understanding alignment in your body like even approaching rehearsal different than like when you're 20 like just kick or just keep doing it you don't really know how to take a break or how to check your alignment or if you're tired you're going into old habits so even just that bit that you've gained you know to go back into rehearsal with more awareness of like, this is my body, this is what I'm dealing with and how to balance not being fearful, but not being reckless is a tricky and, thing. And I will try as much as I can to, um, to share it with the girls that I'm going to train. Uh, yeah. and, and this is also the good thing of being aware of that is to trying to share this awareness and and see, I mean, then they take it or they don't, but at least if I can give this information and try to help them to have a longer also career, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's always good. Well, well, coming from you that's made it to 40 and still performing, I mean, that's somebody you should listen to. So when, when for people to find, yes, yeah, like you look amazing. I look at the photos, like when you said 40, I'm like, nah, but that was like, well, 40 is like where the wisdom starts to set in and you don't have to like, prove anything sure. as much so how are if people want to find your events um can you give us a, a i'll put it in the show notes too but is there do you care for people to come find out what your business is no i mean i'm i'm happy uh, to to share i've got a website uh which is uh, www.oneness uh, how do you say uh, uh, oh, is it a backslash or a the, the the six the number six on your computer the line uh, the middle line uh, one oh, yeah. oneness uh, line entertainment.com uh, I will I will send it to you yeah <laughs> and we'll if people show. are you know and I also have the Instagram and Facebook uh, so uh, any I'm always happy I've got people uh, and artists all over the world contacting me sending me their um, their uh, pictures and uh, CV and videos and uh, and telling me beautiful things I wanted to join, you know, for any events, if I can, of course, book them, um, you know, it's, it's always a great thing anyway, to, uh, to have all these artists around me and see who is available. And um, so uh, if anyone wants to write me and tell me, hey, here I am, yeah. <laughs> I'm more oh than happy. That's because <laughs> some people can't move to Paris and can't commit to a year, but I love when dancers get to do those kind of things and then you know if there's maybe more of those things will come back because we'll appreciate it so you're you've got it ready to go which is so great this has been so inspiring julia this this has been like so so inspiring so thank you for taking the time to do this and i know that uh this will probably come out in five weeks so that might be you're getting still like a month away from rehearsals. So I'm going to keep following. I'm going to keep interviewing people as it gets closer. Cause I want to hear like what the rehearsals are like. And I really want to hear what opening night, like I hope somebody will record something backstage so we can hear like just that, like excitement before that curtain opens again. Cause it feels hopeful. Like I think we've been lacking that through COVID because we've had it up and down. Like it's going to, it's not. It's, so it feels like it's moving there where maybe we can start to hope again that 
you know, this is going to be a thing. Yeah. No, <sighs> so take care of yourself. It. Oh I'm my sure. gosh. And so I will be well, we'll get back to it. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as I can travel, I've got miles that were saved up that I have to use. So my, my goal is to come to Paris, see the show and just, uh, just be so happy to see each of you up there. So take care of that hip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, when I get there, maybe we'll find a room and let's see if I can work on your SI joint. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're in good hands. I know they've hired good people there. So always happy to have good vibes there. <laughs> yeah. We'll send, here we go right through the screen. I'm healing your hip. There you go. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you so much until we talk again in person. Au revoir. Wait, is that Italian or is that French? That. Oh, thank you so much, Sherry. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.